Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Everyone ranked. Fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets! Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. A pleasant good evening, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com. Our free WSBT radio app and on the Twitch app. Eight minutes after five o'clock on this Tuesday, May the 2nd of 2023. Shortened program tonight. We're off the air right around 545. The South Bend Cubs, an early start tonight at Four Winds Field as they open up a series against the Colonels from. Cedar Rapids pregame coverage starts at 545 here on WSBT radio. Our program is being presented by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the Family Inn, and by Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Plenty to get to on the program. No sense previewing. That might take us right up until the show ends. So let's get started with our hat trick of opening topics for this Tuesday. We're going to jam a whole bunch of topics into three. We'll start with Notre Dame commitments in football and basketball. We begin on the football side. Within the last 90 minutes, Notre Dame football picked up a verbal commitment from a 2024 wide receiver from North Carolina, 
Micah Gilbert. He is the high school teammate of Bryce Young, the edge rusher who verbally committed to Notre Dame three days ago, and the son of the legendary Notre Dame defensive lineman and Pro Football Hall of Famer, Bryant Young. Micah Gilbert is 6'2", 205 pounds from the state of North Carolina. He picked the Fighting Irish over schools like Michigan, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and South Carolina. The On3 recruiting service that's tied into my colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated have Gilbert as player number 223 overall in the 24 class, wide receiver number 38 in the country. Gilbert becomes the third wide receiver in the 24 class, joining a five-star in Cam Williams and Isaiah Canyon. You talk about turning around the fortunes of Notre Dame football wide receiver recruiting the team of Marcus Freeman and Chancey Stuckey have done a phenomenal job in the last two cycles. You got a glimpse of the current freshman class led by Jaden Greathouse and his 11 catches in the blue goal game. Four receiver freshman class this year and three dandies coming in next year. As a junior, Micah Gilbert had his season cut short with a finger injury, but in seven games, 39 catches, 486 yards, six touchdowns. He's described as a wide receiver that could play any of Notre Dame's wide receiver positions. He has shown great speed at the All-American Bowl, had a 40-yard dash time of 4.69, yet is a very physical wide receiver. He is the cousin of one of the great NFL cornerbacks of our generation, Darrell Rivas. You might remember Rivas Island, his man-to-man coverage skills in his heyday with the New York Jets. His uncle was a terrific Pittsburgh Panther defensive lineman, had a great run in the NFL. I remember him with the Rams, Sean Gilbert. So for Marcus Freeman and the Fighting Irish, six commitments in the last 11 days. And the wide receiver room, remember how thin it was a year ago at this time? All of a sudden, you look ahead to next year, and there are the possibilities of having a handful of wide receivers that can make a difference in this Fighting Irish offense. So Micah Gilbert this afternoon verbally commits to the Fighting Irish, a 2024 four-star wide receiver. On the basketball side, Micah Shrewsbury. We know he has been on the phones nonstop since becoming the head coach of the Fighting Irish basketball team. Well, he's picked up two commitments over the last 24 hours. The first one didn't really need a phone call. His son, Braden Shrewsbury, picked the Fighting Irish after originally being a Penn State commit. So he's following his dad to South Bend. Braden Shrewsbury, a 6'2 guard, ranked by 24-7 Sports as the 87th overall player in the 24 class and shooting guard number 34. Last winter, 17 points per game in high school, 4.7 rebounds, 3.8 assists. Today, a player that Shrewsbury is extremely familiar with picked Notre Dame. He is 6'10", 
Corey Booth was signed by Micah Shrewsbury at Penn State, but Booth is also following Coach Shrewsbury to South Bend. This is a 2023 Ford 610-205 from New Hampshire's Brewster Academy. Describes the guy that has a really good outside shot, but very good around the rim. Can be a rim protector for this Fighting Irish basketball team. On three ranks Booth as the 71st overall prospect in the 23 class and the nation's number 13 power forward. We talked about good bloodlines a moment ago with Micah Gilbert. Well, Kerry Booth, his dad is Calvin Booth, longtime NBA star, played at Penn State, and now the current Denver Nuggets head of basketball operations. So Kerry Booth has picked the Fighting Irish. Braden Shrewsbury has picked the Fighting Irish. So the roster is lengthening this year and next year as we speak. So a good day for Marcus Freeman and Micah Shrewsbury. Hat trick of opening topic number two. We focus on the college football playoffs that will change in 2024. We'll go through the same process this year, then everything changes the following year. And that's when we expand the playoff to 12 teams. And it was announced today how it's all going to work. Let's remind you of the basics. The 12-team college football playoff in 2024, the top four conference champions ranked by the college football playoff committee, those four teams will have a bye in round number one. Then you will have the top six at-large bids make the playoff, and then the two highest-ranked remaining conference champions. The seeding for this 12-team tournament will be decided by the college football playoff rankings. A reminder, since Notre Dame remains as an independent, they will never get the first round by in the college football playoff. Even if they were ranked number one in the country after a 12-0 regular season, the best Notre Dame can be is the five seed and host a first-round game at Notre Dame Stadium. A reminder, to be a top-four seed, you have to be a conference champion to have the opportunity to be selected as a top-four seed. The 2024 first round will take place over two days on campus sites. Friday, December the 20th, there'll be one first-round game played. It'll be in the evening. Then on Saturday, December the 21st, 2024, there will be three games played in the first round, one in the early afternoon, then a late afternoon matchup, and an evening game. Once those games are played, you're down to your Elite Eight. And we reach the quarterfinal round when on Tuesday, December the 31st, 2024, the Fiesta Bowl in Tempe, will kick off the quarterfinals with an evening game. Then three other quarterfinal games will take place on January the 1st, 2025. 
It'll start in the early afternoon with a quarterfinal that will be played in Atlanta. The second game of the day will be a late afternoon contest played in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. And finally, on Wednesday, January 1st, 2025, the fourth and final quarterfinal game of a two-day stretch will take place in New Orleans in the evening. So once the quarterfinals take place, we're down to the final four, and the semifinals are going to take place on a Thursday and a Friday. Why, you ask? The monster known as the NFL will be holding wild card games that weekend. So to avoid the NFL, the college football playoffs are not going to go head-to-head against the NFL. Instead, one semifinal, Thursday, January the 9th, 2025 will be played in Miami in the evening. And then the following day, Friday, January 10th, 2025, the second college football playoff semifinal will take place in Dallas. Then 10 days off and the national championship game of this 12-team playoff will take place Monday, January the 20th, 2025 in Atlanta. Of course, that'll be a nighttime game. So that is how the college football playoffs will work when we go to a 12-team playoff following the 2024 regular season. I like the way they're doing this. I'm excited about the 12-team playoff. It would be very interesting for Notre Dame football to host a college football playoff game, maybe on a Saturday, a couple of days before Christmas. wonder what the average temperature is in South Bend on December the 21st. Maybe Texas at Notre Dame, Mississippi at Notre Dame, Florida at Notre Dame. They might want to bring their long johns up to South Bend. I think Long John's would mean a whole lot more to the SEC teams (laughs) considering they're not used to that type of weather. They don't play in cold weather in the SEC. But that's what we have to look forward to, not after this year, but next year. And finally, our third and final hat trick of opening topics for tonight's program. We just got through the NFL draft. For 2023, Notre Dame had three players taken, none in the first round, two in the second round, tied in Michael Mayer to the Raiders. You had Isaiah Foskey, the edge rusher, going to the Saints. Interior offensive lineman Jared Patterson had to wait until the sixth round to be selected by the Houston Texans. 2024 National Football League draft. The perception is... Notre Dame will have a first-round pick in the next cycle. In fact, Notre Dame might have a top-10 pick. If you follow Notre Dame football, you know exactly who I'm talking about. The stellar Notre Dame left tackle, Joe Alt. He is trending toward being one of the top picks in the 2024 NFL Draft. Just to give you a couple of examples of the way, way, way too early mock drafts. Don't necessarily lock in on the teams, but the overall selection of Joe Alt. 
will go from worst to best. The worst is 10th. USA Today's way too early 24 mock draft has Joe Alt going number 10 to the New England Patriots. That means they're going to be worse than they were this year when they picked 14th. Fox Sports way too early mock draft has Joe Alt going number 8 to the Tennessee Titans. So the Titans would not be as good as last year. They would move up a couple of spots in the draft. The Draft Network has Joe Alt number 6 to the Tennessee Titans. Yahoo Sports is expecting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play much worse football without Tom Brady, and you would expect that. Yahoo Sports has Notre Dame's Joe Alt going to the Buccaneers at number three. And Pro Football Focus, they are expecting a really bad year from the Indianapolis Colts. They picked number four in the 23 draft. Pro Football Focus has the Colts picking number three in next year's draft, and they have that franchise taking Notre Dame left tackle Joe Alt. So five way too early mock drafts, five times Joe Alt goes in the top ten. One of the more respected mock draft individuals, ESPN's Todd McShay, he is scheduled to come out with his way too early 24 mock draft on Thursday, so I'm really intrigued to see where Alt lands in McShay's top 10. On tomorrow's program, I want to go back to May of 2022 when McShay came out with his top 10 players for the 23 mock draft. And we sometimes make fun of mock drafts. They don't mean anything. Everybody does these things, losing its value. Well, maybe pay attention to McShay because looking at May of 2022, when he listed his top 10 players in the 23 NFL draft, eight of the 10 went in the first round, which doesn't seem like much, but you factor in players rising, players falling, injuries, eight out of 10 is remarkable. And he had all three then went in the top three in his top three. That's pretty doggone good. So we'll talk more about that tomorrow. So that's our hat trick of opening topics. A busy day for Notre Dame coaches. Football gets 2024 four-star wide receiver Micah Gilbert. Notre Dame basketball gets a commitment from Braden Shrewsbury and also Kerry Booth, who was going to go to Penn State, but following Micah to South Bend. Also, we talked about Joe Alt trending as a top 10 pick and what the 2024 12-team college football playoff will look like. We'll take a timeout coming up in just a couple of moments. We will get to a very interesting Twitter question of the day yesterday. Some really interesting responses to this question on my Twitter account. And also, we'll talk some sports wagering. We've actually been hot the last few days. A perfect day last night. We'll discuss with some picks for tonight on the way as a shortened edition of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can listen. 
listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Howard Park and Mishawaka Public Houses presents Michiana's double bingo game. Play now and jump in at any time. Playing is free. Grab your bingo card now and play for big cash jackpots. The jackpot grows daily by $50. All season long, tons of cash and prizes are given away at Michiana's virtual double bingo game. Check out the rules and grab your card now at michianabingo.com. It's all presented by Howard Park and Mishawaka Public Houses. Two cities, two parks, one river, one public house. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, let's get to a very interesting Twitter question of the day from yesterday. The question was, which is the bigger loss for the Notre Dame offense? You had three choices when the Irish lost offensive coordinator Tommy Reese to Alabama. Choice number two, when 2023 backup quarterback and possible 2024 starting quarterback Tyler Buckner went into the transfer portal and landed at Alabama. Or your third choice, Notre Dame losing running back Logan Diggs to the transfer portal. New home yet to be decided. After posting this question, I honestly could have added a fourth offensive line coach Harry Heastan. I probably should have. I wonder if that would have changed the results, but we had a big turnout. People voting for this question. Let me read you the results, and then we'll go through some of the responses. Coming in third place, I guess the least likely to be a big loss for the Notre Dame offense, offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, who got just 15.9% percent of the vote I think Tommy is a solid offensive coordinator I think he has room to grow as an offensive coordinator and a play caller hopefully working for Nick Saban will take his play calling ability to another level Notre Dame offenses were above average under Tommy Reese they weren't spectacular They weren't, I wouldn't call them difference makers. I think part of that has to do with his quarterback recruiting, which has definitely changed since Marcus Freeman is now sitting in the big chair. But that didn't help. Alabama's offensive numbers the last three years significantly better than Notre Dame's offense. So it is going to be fascinating to see Reese Now working for Nick Saban and what he can do down there, especially with the quarterback position up in the air and a reason why Tyler Buckner says, might as well give it a shot. 
Probably has a better shot to start at Alabama this year than Notre Dame. So Tommy Reese, only 15.9% of the vote. Second place in the voting, quarterback Tyler Buckner, 25.7% of the vote. Going into this question, I thought Buckner would win because we all know how important having a really good backup is. Notre Dame relied on Drew Pine last year. And Buckner is a leading candidate to be your starter next year. But Buckner, maybe his blue goal game weak performance has a lot to do with this vote. Only got 25.7% of the vote. Winning the vote easily, 58.4% said running back Logan Diggs. Running back, you could argue, is the deepest position on the Notre Dame roster. Diggs was part of a two-man starting unit at running back with Audric Estime. Led the team in rushing attempts last year, number two in rushing yards. And without Diggs, there's still a ton of talent in that running back room, led by Estime. A guy that you've only seen in last year's blue goal game, Jadarian Price. Jabron Payne had a good spring filling in for Diggs, who was injured and looked good in the blue goal game. But I can understand losing a starting player catches your attention, and Diggs wins this vote easily. Now let's go to some of the responses. We've got Ohio Irish fan writing in and saying, I can't believe people are saying Diggs. I'm not knocking Logan. I liked him. But Notre Dame is loaded at running back, especially when Jadarian Price is healthy. J.D. was beating out most of the running backs last spring before he got hurt. Easy answer is Buckner. Back up if Hartman gets hurt. Ohio Irish fan, I think you hit a home run on your comments there. Jarrett responded by saying, we will see when Notre Dame loses three or four games this year. Antoine wrote in, none of the above. James chimed in and said, ask me on Sunday, September the 24th. So I guess after a couple of games, maybe after Ohio State, people might have a different answer. Ross Hammer 18 said, D, none of the above. Doesn't really feel like any of the three are a big loss. Adams said, how about none, but probably Buckner. Marvel went a different direction. He said Lorenzo Styles. Now, when I asked the question, the biggest loss to the Notre Dame offense, Styles was technically a defensive player in his last day or two as a Notre Dame football player before jumping into the portal and landing as a defensive player at Ohio State. So I didn't consider Styles because he was moving to the defensive side. Always Irish says, I need to see into the future to know if Hartman stays healthy or not next year to answer this. Another individual that's an Irish fan says, why are we asking this? Let it go, move on, focus on where we're heading. Well, this is not a derogatory question. 
We're not trying to dwell on the past. We are actually drilling into the future by asking this question. Is there a deficiency in the Irish offense due to these departures? And like I wrote back, a note for young broadcasters, people that want to get into this business or journalists, there's going to be one person that's going to be sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair yelling, you're a homer. You're too much of a homer. Across the street, you're going to have another individual in a rocking chair screaming, come on now. Why are we talking about this? Everything's perfect. You're going to hear from both sides. Be who you are. Talk about things you feel are important. You can't sit here just as a rah-rah fan and say everything's all fine and dandy. Had I said that after Tyler Buckner went down last year, I looked pretty silly, saying, oh, everything's just fine. Everything's going to be great at quarterback. Daniel says none. Irish fan 76 says none. So many people feel like there's not a big loss among those three. Bobby says, I went Reese just because sometimes breaking in a new coordinator is like breaking in a new baseball glove. It takes time. However, if you'd after the second pick six of the bowl game, I'd surely have given a different answer. Devin says, Buckner by far. Reese had issues and coaching that can be replaced. And Diggs has other backs in the room that can take up his production. Losing Buckner took a lot out of quarterback depth and playmaking ability. I'm with you. Stan with us says we have a running back room full of studs. Depth isn't a problem. Buckner hurts the most because we all saw what happened last year with a questionable QB2. Well put. That's why I think Tyler Buckner, in my eyes, is the definitive answer. How we look at the quarterback room now is a little different. Hopefully, Steve Angeli can calm everyone's concerns about the number two if Sam Hartman goes down with an injury. If Hartman goes down with an injury, we re-ask this question. Tyler Buckner probably gets 90% of the vote. But I understand the digs factor. He was a starter. He was productive. Jadarian Price has not played in a real game yet, so I do understand why Diggs got the votes. I just think when you lose a backup quarterback and maybe a starter next year, that's a pretty big loss. All right, we thank you for the votes. It was a great turnout for that question, and thank you so much for your responses. Here is today's question, which you can find on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Michael Mayer is now a Raider. Lorenzo Styles is a defensive player at Ohio State. So, of these four choices, who will lead the Notre Dame football team in catches in 2023? Tobias Merriweather, Dion Colsey, Jaden Thomas, or Jaden Greathouse? Who do you think leads the Irish in catches from these four choices? Merriweather, Colsey, Thomas, or the freshman Great House. We'd love to get your vote on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. As always, please feel free to leave a response why you voted the way you did or tell me my question stinks. Whatever, let it fly on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. All right, 538 at WSBT. 
Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. Just a couple of minutes left in this shortened edition of Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Brought to you by Budweiser. So let's get to our sports wagering segment. It's been a good run lately. I'm 10 and 2 on my last 12, including a perfect 4 0 last night. Let's recap the selections from last night's program. We started with Chicago Cubs shortstop, Dansby Swanson going up against the Washington Nationals. I took Swanson over one and a half, a combination of hits, runs, and RBI at minus 115. You bet 10. You went 1869. Well, this was an easy win. Swanson went three for five with a home run, two RBI, and a run scored, so he finished with a total of six. Game two of the doubleheader, Mets and Braves in New York. I took the Metropolitans on the money line at plus 100. You double your money, you bet 10, you win 20. The Mets got out to a 2-0 lead, fell behind 3-2 in the seventh. Jumped back in front in the bottom of the seventh and beat the Braves 5-3. From the NBA playoffs, Nuggets laying four and a half against the Suns. I took Denver on their home floor to go up two games to none. At minus 110, you bet 10, you win 19-09. Nuggets took care of business, easily covering, winning 97-87. And finally last night from the Stanley Cup playoffs, game seven in New Jersey, I took the Devils on the money line against the Rangers at minus 110. Again, bet 10, you win 19.09. Great night for the Devils. They shut out the Blue Shirts 4 to nothing. So we start May with a 4-0 record, and now for the year, 123-103-2. and Worth noting, in Major League Baseball so far this year, 28-20, and and betting $10 on all these wagers, I'm up $71 and 13 cents. Let's see if we can build on that tonight. We start with a couple of Chicago Cubs selections. We begin Cubs and Nationals in D.C. Hayden Wesneski, my guy that I love on the mound for the Cubs. Good last start for Hayden. I'll take the Cubs on the money line at minus 140. You bet 10, you win 17-14. From the same game, left-handed hitting, Cody Bellinger facing Trevor Williams, he's three for eight lifetime against Williams. So let's go Bellinger over one and a half. A combination of hits, runs, and RBI. Bellinger at minus 135. You bet 10, you win 17-40. St. Louis tonight, the Angels and the Cardinals open a series at Bush. Taking the Angels on the money line at plus 130. So a big-time road dog. You bet 10, you win $13, or actually $23, excuse me. I'm going with the Angels because the Cardinals are 0-9 in game ones of series. And when Steven Matz starts, he is 0-5 this year. Matz is pitching. This is game one of a series. We'll follow the trend and take the Halos. And finally, it's going to be a, a night to bounce back at Madison Square Garden. We've got the Knicks laying the six against the Heat at minus 110. You bet 10. You win 1909. So, Cubs on the money line at minus 140. Cody Bellinger over one and a half hits, runs at RBI at minus 135. Angels, a road dog against the Cardinals at plus 130. And the Knicks minus six at minus 110. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by 
Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you. Barnaby's the family inn. And by Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. South Bend Cubs baseball coming up next on WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 